A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome back to the Pole Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Pole Hitter. You can catch me always on Twitter, at Dead Pole Hitter. And you can catch the podcast page on Twitter, at Pole Hitter Pod. I'm joined today, again, by my man Ryan Roof as we go through the Toronto Blue Jays in continuance of our team-by-team breakdown. We started with the AL East previous podcast. We covered the New York Yankees. We covered the Baltimore Orioles. In this podcast, you'll only find the Toronto Blue Jays, and then we'll go the Tampa Bay Rays and the Boston Red Sox, and with the Red Sox, we are going to have a special guest, huge Red Sox fan, so look out for that, but this is just going to be a quick breakdown of the Toronto Blue Jays. What we're going to do going forward, and this is an idea that stemmed off of Jeff Zimmerman's tweet about you know, pretty much the analysis for the top 50 ADP, top 150 ADP, everywhere you look, everyone's covering the top guys, and Jeff and Rob Silver and Van Lee used to always hit on their Launch Angle podcast the post-300 ADP types, the really deep players. So in honor of that and the fact that there is some lacking analysis and that we're going to cover some some of the guys up top, some of the guys maybe we have a red flag on per For example, I kind of think there's a little bit of a, I don't know, a little bit of hesitance in my perception of how much Alejandro Kirk will hit power-wise. So, again, we'll hit on some yellow flags, red flags that we have of players at the top, but mostly we're going to try to gear it toward the deep players past pick 150 ADP and, um, you know, the the fringe players, the platoon types, the SP5s per se of teams. Yeah, so hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Oh, and also for anyone leaving a rating and review, super, super helpful. You're super kind. I love everyone. Thank you so much. It's been really awesome to see all the feedback, the Twitter DMs. And if you haven't taken the time to do so, please do so. Helps me out a great deal. And really, you should only take about 90 seconds out of your day. That would be huge. I know I already take a lot of time out of your day with this podcast. But in addition, 90 seconds, right? Yeah. If not, totally cool. I love you anyway, love the feedback, and the interaction on Twitter has been great um, through the DM, people, you know, just throwing me some keeper league questions and such and such like that, it's been really cool to interact with everyone, Um, you know, no matter how many followers you have, it doesn't matter, right, We're, we're all talking about the same thing here, we're all the same people, so with that being said, enjoy the podcast. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pole Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob D, the Dead Pole Hitter. Catch me on Twitter at Dead Pole Hitter. Joined again by Ryan Roof. Ryan, what's up, buddy? 
Yo, thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Get to follow up the heavy hitters of uh, Jeff and Jeff Zimmerman, Tanner Bell, Phil, Steve, <laughs> Toby, you. Yeah. So I feel it, great about that, but excited. You're going to drive in all that. the runs, man. All the runs are on the yeah. field. Now you just got to drive them in. I um, left on base percentage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into the Toronto Blue Jays and the, and just go through their depth charts and um, try to point out some things. I think um, we're going to try to gear it toward some deeper league players, you know, maybe um, in, in honor of Jeff Zimmerman and his distaste for everyone covering the top 150. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think he does have a good point, though, because you can get that analysis in a lot of spots. So and, you know, we're talking about draft champions or NFBC 50s or, um, you know, whatever, um, maybe dynasty keeper leagues and looking at their guys deeper in the pool might help to benefit a lot of other people as well. As it helped me as I was going through um, the charts. So I'm, we're going to hit on some guys who are not, you know, obviously um below 150 some of the, uh, if we have some platoon in questions or anything like that um we'll hit on that too but um start with the blue jays be more streamlined oh, yeah. too yeah, um, stre streamlined. yeah you know listen, like, we spent uh, like 45 minutes on the orioles last time we're gonna we're gonna try to keep it straight to the point for your listeners this time listen we um you know what are you gonna do you live you pot yeah. and you learn that's gonna be a yeah. new t-shirt you pot and you learn um how'd you learn how'd you learn but i'm not going to mention era because um no 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 jeff no. made a good point on your last pod about that so yeah no era no era no era don't Done. tweet about era don't look at it for analysis just don't do it yep not necessary all yeah, right let's, let's look let's look at the blue jays here um right now they are the one two three six best team according to fangraph's total war for teams um let's start right off at the catcher position um they had danny jansen kirk and moreno they traded moreno and got back varsho who uh, i think will use primarily in the outfield but we'll talk about maybe if you think he might continue to get some catcher eligibility for the future and um for like a dynasty league or a keeper league um so why don't we start off with mr varsho um and i thought that was interesting you know when i saw that in your notes i was just trying to get a you know i see the numbers broken down there so why don't you go ahead and talk about that because i think it's something interesting to go through yeah so i looked at varsho's um appearances last year for the Diamondbacks he only he appeared in 31 games at catcher right only started 18 of them so a lot of them came you know as a defense defensive replacement you know later in games but if you look at just the 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 other catching options in Toronto I mean they're obviously stacked um you know Kirk spends a lot of time at DH and I think what really um made me think about Varsho possibly I don't think it's probable. I think it's, I think there's like kind of an outside chance he maintains the catcher eligibility next season. The reason being is just Danny Jansen has just been so injury prone over the course yep. of his career. And if you look at um, Kirk, 78 of his 129 appearances last year were at catcher. So that was 60, 60% of his appearances. Now, um, you know, pretty good defensively in terms of framing, um, 
why don't you go ahead and, and share your note there? Cause that was some good, good stuff on, on him. On the framing notes for the yeah. catchers. Yeah. For Kirk and, and Jansen yeah. and stuff. So I was actually um pretty surprised to find that Kirk was the seventh best framer in MLB on fan and fifth on Savant with nine framing runs to Jansen's minus one. Uh, both have similar pop times, 1.9 to 1.9, 1.99 to 1.98, 41st and 45th in MLB. Um, so, yeah, that, um, I guess, makes me think that, you know, Kirk is still going to get a good amount of time behind the plate. And, um, you know, Jansen will definitely play. And then maybe he gets more of the of the benefit for playing DH, maybe to keep him healthier too. I don't know what they would rather do. You know, I know everyone likes to talk about Kirk's build and keeping him healthier by not catching. Um, but maybe it makes sense to DH the guy who always gets hurt. I don't know. Yeah. So if you think about like how they're going to distribute the playing time, right? Like with Jansen, you know, does he get half the starts a catcher or does Kirk get half the starts a catcher? You know, it's, it's, I think it depends, right? Like Jansen's projections seem a little optimistic in terms of playing time. Um, he career highs in a season for him, 107 games played 384 plate appearances over the last uh, three full seasons. He's averaged only 83 games per season, 279 plate appearances. And um, past two years, you know, he's dealt with some, some strained uh, muscles, hammy oblique fractured his finger on his, uh, his left hand. So his average 68 and a half days on the IL per season over the past two. So um, definitely some risk there in terms of playing time. Um, he's projected bad X has him for 123 games, 499 plate appearances, 23 homers. But I think that might be a little, little high, um, but still, he's still very been very productive in, in his limited time, um, 15 homers, 72 games last year. So let's assume, let's just peg him for half the starts, maybe a catcher. Um, Cause I think most of the time when he played, I, I only think he drew a couple of DH uh, starts last year. I think most of his, his playing time was behind the plate. So let's say he just gets 82 games behind the plate, um, you know, and then 82 others for, for Kirk um, and or Varsho. And if Kirk's starting, you know, 60% of those remaining games, it's about 50 starts behind the plate. Uh, last year he had 78, so maybe that's a little low. Maybe maybe he sees some of those to Jansen, but it could still leave about 30 or so games for for Varsho, um, you know, behind the plate. And you know, it's possible if, it, especially if Jansen gets injured. I think I think if Jansen um, injury prone ways continue into 2023, then I think I think there's obviously a more realistic chance for Varsho getting those 20 games behind the plate so what about however this you distribute the too? what about this possibility too like what if he starts first right first some righties behind the plate bar show and then you can like mid game or in the end of game with a reliever switch or something you see the other handedness either he comes out or moves to the outfield but this flexibility with him i think maybe that we haven't really talked about um again this is me just speculating in my brain, but you have that versatility 
to do that with two good hitters, you know, maybe on a, you know, day game, night game type of thing. You want to get one of your catchers rest. You put him in to start there. Right. Maybe he doesn't start that day before in the outfield. Who knows? Um, I just think there's ways to make it work where we could still see. Again, this is, um, we're hoping he's going to regain it for next year, you know, in FBC too. But I think in some dynasty league, there's still some hope that because of the Danton injury and maybe some creative ways to get him in, um, you know, because maybe you want him in the outfield later in a game. So if he starts that catcher, maybe you can move the outfield. Um, I know the Diamondbacks weren't really looking to use him that way, but also they didn't have Danny Jansen uh, and Alejandro Kirk. So, right, yeah, a little bit of a difference there. <laughs> yeah, just but, a um, bit. Yeah, most of our, just a bit. Um, but most of our shows uh, starts at catcher or his appearances really came kind of early in the year for, for the D backs last year. It was, I think it was May through like early June is where he got most of his um, catching appearances. And then he was, he was basically strictly outfield like later, later in the season. So, you know, we'll see, you know, during spring, if he's even getting, you know, any, any reps behind the plate, I think that's something to kind of monitor in spring, but I think, I think had that flexibility is, is really, really clutch i think i think you know the more positions we cover for toronto there's a there's a lot of flexibility on this roster um and you know defensively so um, but i don't want to dismiss the possibility of him possibly maintaining that eligibility because i think it you know there's a path for that happening absolutely um yeah, Danny Jansen, I mean, he does get hurt a ton, but if you just add his 21 and 22 together, 465 plate appearances, 25-72 with 66 runs and a 240 average, man, that's just awesome. He even lowered his K rate um, from 21.5 to 17.7, um, making more contact. Barrel percentage went up. Um, from eight and a half to 13, even with a deader ball. Um, just really exciting tool at the bat uh, that, you know, and I think at his price too right now, champions, it's 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 pretty golden. You know, I think if you're willing to yep. stomach, you know, draft champions are hard, so you may want to back him up with some additional depth or maybe even make him a number two so you're not – you know, um, really sacrificing a lot of plate appearances if he does get hurt. But in, And then in Fab Leagues, you know, you can replace that, but he also becomes a headache too. Last year, he was a big headache, right? I think we texted each other a lot of times. Hey, what are you doing with Jansen? Mm -hmm. You know, as soon as he got hurt, because you don't know, but then you know how valuable he is when he comes back and it's a race to get him. And it's also, you know, it's tough. It's tough with him, but I think it ends up working out. I think, I think if the stints are short enough, it could work out for you either way. And yeah, I dropped Jansen okay. the second time, um, you know, the second injury. And I think I, I did the math and I think it was one of my main event recap articles. Um, but I, I dropped him and I, I picked up Omar Narvaez, I think Austin Nola for the rest of the season. And I think the if I just would have kept Jansen, it just would have worked out so much better. Um, I can't remember oh, the numbers offhand, but, oh, but it was like, especially those fab leagues, it's just like I should have just – just kept them <laughs> right oh navarro devias um yeah but before it's, it's your I, catcher now before i um yeah 
before I dive in a little on Kirk, do you like um, where Varsho is going right now? Have you taken him at all in any drafts? Um, how do you feel about the the price point for Varsho right now, which is um, the last 15 DCs, 36.5 ADP, min 30, max 49? Yeah, I took him in, an I think, my first DC. Um I think it's I'm kind of fading him there. Um, I haven't taken him since then, so I don't know. I just I like uh, I like the pitching that's going where he's he's going in drafts. So I'm probably not going to take him unless you know we start seeing him move down to like round four. Um, what about you? Have you taken him at all? You like the price? I have taken him. Um, I think in one gladiator um i mean i do i really do i don't like that third round either so it's kind of enticing yeah. sometimes for me because it's um i don't know but it's it's definitely um it's definitely a rich price point because i believe in the skills i know um we're weary of the left-handed Splits, um, 129 plate appearances against them, 221 average. Uh, but you know, this is this is um, I just think he's just a premium baseball player, and I just think we can't knock his ability to maybe get better, you know, against lefties. But even with those bad lefty splits, he was still such a value, um, at the catcher position, you know, uh, because of the stolen yeah. bases. So and um, there will be some people who might be like, well, I won't be able to draft Varsho catcher again. So I'm drafting him this year. I know there's some people who think like that. And, you know, you might as well go out with a bank, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, I think what, I think, what was to, the price last year? I think it was around six, seven, eight ish. Um, it was like in the 80s, so, I mean, right? Pretty... 80, 90s. Yeah. 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 So like early around seven ish. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I obviously you know, you want to you prefer that price, but you know, it's a premium, you know, steals bases at a position where you're not getting much production there. So in, in that category, so I could see some people taking them there. I just, I probably won't. I mean, I've taken real, real Muto in the second round, so maybe I shouldn't completely dismiss the possibility of taking Varsho again early, but yeah, I just I just think Real Muto is just just a stud. So Yeah, I think I think I think he's on a he's definitely on a different level. Um because I think he's just more of a rock consistently. He's done it longer, but um, you know, the steals are the steals are big. The steals is definitely something definitely something to monitor. Um and and it's such a value, you know? Um Yeah. You know, he returned last year, he ended up being about the thirty seventh overall ranked player in my SGP sheet um, for a 15-team league. Returned 23 bucks, almost $24, 23 bucks and 90 cents. And yeah, his ADP was 89. So he gave you gave you some pretty good value there, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. I want to hinge to Alejandro Kirk real quick. Um, I see him getting, you know, about 
aggregated about 18 home runs in the projection system. Um, I have about five projection systems aggregated, and he comes about 18. He's lowest uh, across the five is 15. Um, and I guess I just have a little bit of question about that. I think he's definitely a really good hitter. That's definitely something he's proven. Um, but his home run fly ball was low, and I get that can probably regress back up to whatever. His career rates 12-2 was 10 last year. Um, and the barrels per home run was 28 to 14, which is 50%. League average is about 57, 58%. I think it's 57%. Um, but out of the 28 barrels, 13 were pulled, five opposite feel and 10 to straight. So we know, especially with the dead end balls, um, but even with any ball, the straight path to an effective barrel or effective anything is pulled. So that might be hurting him a little bit. Um, and the pull rate itself just plummeted in the second half. The ground ball rate took off. And I know he missed like a game or two in September because of a hip injury. And, you know, I don't know if that was something that was, you know, carrying forth earlier. But, um, you know, I think he he he's got to lift it and get it in the air just a little bit better, you know. Um not only does it not have the high pull percentage but when he lifts it, um, you know, when he pulls it, he's not lifting it. It's a lot of ground balls. So the max EV is good. We know that. Um, but one stat I do like to take a look at too, it's um, on EV analytics. It's something Derek Hardy has, and it's um, 100 miles per hour in the air. And that's um, the percentage of the balls you hit in the air that go over 100 and his was 30%. It was really in the, not really, um, I think it was like in the 50th percentile. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if the projections are, are a little high, potentially on the, on the power, the home run output. So, so that we talk about like, you know, the, the human element of analyzing projections, what you, what projections miss and stuff like that is that this deep dive everything you just mentioned i think i think kind of supports a potentially lower um home run output for kirk um so having the skills to do those deeper dives i don't think i'm there yet <laughs> like personally but it's uh it's good that you kind of bring these things up give us give us all a different way of thinking about certain projections we may not agree with yeah, and I mean, I don't know if they do look at that. And again, I, 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 you know, think we mentioned on the last podcast, Tanner Bell mentioned about double counting, you know, and so I don't yeah. know what's involved, but I just know it's something I do keep an eye on. You know, I am the pull hitter, yeah. Ryan. So, you know, I got to. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just, just something I found about Kirk. And that's not really like something I'll have on every player. I'm just I'm trying to make decision points at that spot in ADP. And I just want to make sure I feel comfortable with his full skill set. And so, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that yet. But let's um, move to second base because I don't think there's a question about Vladito at first. Um, and we'll mention right. some of the other, other guys in the team that might get a shot at uh, DH. But let's move to second. And um, what do you think goes on here? Yeah, they have a lot of options. I think, I think, second base in Toronto is kind of the, the most, one of the most interesting positions because, you know, they have 
a lot of solid guys. Like they don't have like studs, right? But could rotate a lot here at this position. Um, primary uh, options: Whit Merrifield, Santiago Espinal, both have very similar projections uh, in terms of playing time and output. Both are projected for 520 plate appearances, a little over 120 games. Um, Merrifield with a little bit more speed, a um, little bit better uh, projected uh, stat line overall, but uh, uh, similar walk strikeout percentages. So it's, it's like kind of like the same player, right? <laughs> like in terms of the projections uh, via the bad X. So, but um, they could have, you know, other options there if, uh, you know, Merrifield and, and Espinal aren't really performing. Um, they have a couple young guys that could potentially see some time. Um, one being Otto Lopez, who could be a utility guy for the Jays. Uh, one being Kevin Biggio, who's, uh, you know, been around for a couple of years now, showed some upside in the past, but it's kind of been lackluster on uh, recent seasons. And, um, Another one who could potentially slide in, he hasn't played second base in the minors. Uh, he mostly played on the left side of the infield, but um, Addison Barger could be an interesting name. Um, James Anderson's 124th ranked prospect uh, on the Rotowire Top 400 Prospects list uh, was recently added to the 40-man, made the jump from high A to triple A last year. He's projected to make his big league debut this season, 2023, and uh, just – Pretty appealing, um, you know, across the minors last year, 126 games, hit 306, 25 homers, 88 RBIs, nine steals. It's a pretty solid line. Um, K rate was a little high, 25.1%. Um, but, uh, you know, if he can play second, he could he could definitely fill it up, you know, be an upgrade over the, the current options there. But, uh, you know, we'll see. They, I think, I think they'll just kind of rotate, uh, give Espinal some playing time. You know, he had a nice kind of little bit of a breakout last year, kind of scuffled a little bit down the stretch, but really started the year well. Set some new career highs, and um, you know, Merrifield, you know, his flexibility, being able to play second outfield. So, who do you think uh, gets most of the at bats here at second? Uh, I kind of think that. Um it's going to be a pretty, you know, decent split, I guess you would say. But in terms of if they were just, if it was only them and Wit couldn't play the outfield, but I think Wit just eventually will play some extra games in the outfield, you know, because of the versatility. I know, I know Kiermaier um, expects to play every day and they told him to, but you know, that's another thing. So I think there'll be, and, and Springer needs, some load management maybe, or he tends to get hurt. Yeah. So I think Merrifield finds his way into the outfield more often than not. And that leaves Espinal. I don't think Biggio is a threat. Uh, if his name wasn't Biggio, I don't think he'd be in the major leagues. Um, yeah. I, I hope he gets better. You know, I hope everyone gets better. Um, but <laughs> I don't see that happening. And I think that, yeah, I like, I like Barger a lot. Um, Barger or Barger. I don't know exactly how to say it. Um, but I should have looked it up, but, um, yeah, he, 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 he definitely had an interesting year in the minors. Um, I was looking at some hard hit data from the minors and, um, 
from Woba and ex expected Woba and 90th percentile stuff. Um, and he, he, so he's got like better Woba outcomes than Anthony Volpe and Oswald Peraza did just to give you some other middle infield comps um, from the Yankees. Uh, in terms of hitting the ball um, with power, 90th percentile EV, he's better than them too. Um, it just comes with the, got a better, worse chase rate and just overall not as good swing decisions as they do. So, um, but he, he's definitely an option. He's a lefty, which they've, you know, kind of could use in the lineup at times. I'm definitely mm -hmm. intrigued by him, and I think at the at the current ADP of six sixty seven in the last fifteen drafts in DC, I think it's it's worth a shot. Um, you know, if you're maybe you're looking, you know, to add that. You know, I don't know what you do. Try you know try to do at the end of the heat. He, right now he's a shortstop too. Should just say by by the way, in the NFC he's a shortstop. Um, you know, I don't know what you're trying to do at the end of your drafts, Ryan, but um yeah, I'm looking for upside. I mean yeah, and, and yeah. he's I'm one of those guys more, who could yeah. who could be like easily take over like one of these guys. I, th I think the one thing I worry about is, you know, 25% K rate in the minors, like what's he gonna strike out at the, the big league level? Right. Um didn't really have a um strong appearance in the Arizona Fall League either. Hit um, just 189 across 63 plate appearances. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, I'm assuming if you play on the left side of the infield, you could probably play second pretty well. <laughs> I, I don't know that off uh, that for sure. But, um, you know, he could be, you know, he has the flexibility on the left side of the infield. So, you know, it's one thing to monitor, I think, uh, see where he plays this spring um, and then see where he's playing to open, open the year in the minors. Cause I think if they give him some run at second, maybe, maybe they're thinking about it. Like, you know, he could be an upgrade at this position for us. Yep. So. I'm looking at the cool, uh, if anyone is um, not a member of prospects live Patreon, you, you should get on it. They got some really good, really good minor league stuff, prospect stuff. It's just, so solid, so solid. They have so many tools. I had Dylan White on the show, and he was going through some of the tools that they have. And if you play in a dynasty league, you need it. And if you, especially for like you know late draft champions picks, I've been really utilizing this hitter comp tool they have. And you just punch in a guy's name and his level, and it shows you some comps. You know, in terms of K percentage, walk percentage, you know, on on base, slug, OPS, ISO, WRC plus, everything, whatever you could think of, swing and strike rate, ball percentage. Um, and you could do it on fan graphs too, but it's, it's just a nice tool and it's really so solid. And uh, I punched him his name and, and you can also change the age. You could do the same age at the level or like even one up if you want to compare some other players. And he profiles pretty similarly to how Josh Bell and Michael Chavis was in the minors. Um, Interesting. Hmm. So, you know, similar K rates, similar home run. Um, so I don't know. It's That's a, a really cool feature. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, seriously, if anyone's listening and does not have prospects live, it's so good. I mean, I respect so many of the prospect writers opinion, James Anderson, Michael Richards, you know, Eric Cross. I, 
like with, you know, it's good to see how everyone feels about different prospects. I definitely don't watch enough of them like they do um, to really get a feel for it. It's mostly just a number thing for me. Um, but this tool helps me so, so much. <laughs> and, and it helped me out in my dynasty league and keeper leagues and everything. And it's uh, now helping me out in some draft champions leagues too. So I highly Archer, um just uh just saw a note on on Redowire's player page. He saw some sec time at second base in the Arizona Fall League. So there we go. Oh, they're probably already thinking about it. Just yeah, good. because they also have um, if I'm not mistaken, one of their other top prospects is Elvis Martinez. Right. And he plays shortstop and third base, I believe. So he plays the left side of the field as well. And he profiles, I think he's actually, you know, higher ranked and prospects list and dynasty licks than Barger. So um, maybe, you know, time to shift those guys because the left side is pretty good. Unless, you know, I don't know, um, you know, Chapman can always be prone to a little injury perhaps, but, you know, I think um, they're not getting past Bo, so they, they might as well shift over now, you know, yeah. and get some time there. So, exactly. yep. Um, so let's see, what do we got here? Center field. Um, Mr. Kiermaier's in town, and you wrote down some excellent split notes and some injury stats on him. Not that I think everyone doesn't know, but when you when you read it, the actual injuries and the amount of time, it's it's good to hold your expectations in place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think with you know, for analyzing projections right now, you know, I think it's important to like kind of look at what they're projecting him for in terms of playing time and and what he's done recently. So. Um, Bad X has him projected for 430 plate appearances. Uh, Steamers got him at 388, uh, both you know 100 games. I think that's at the that's pretty reasonable. Um, he's averaged 372 plate appearances per season over his nine year career. Has eclipsed 400 plate appearances just four times. Um, his most was back in 2015 um, with 535. Um, you know, he said in his introductory press conference with the Blue Jays that, um, you know, they told him he'd be their everyday starter and center, uh, certainly capable defender, go glove, but um, we all know the platoon risk, uh, injury risks, uh, career 661 OPS versus lefties, uh, significantly better versus righties. Um, and last year had a hip injury, uh, dealt with inflammation all year, finally had surgery in August. And then uh, if you look back, 2021, had a strained quad, excuse me, strained quad, sprained wrist, and then dealt with thumb injuries back in 2018, 2019. So it's got a little brittle, um, but, um, you know, I think when you look at the roster, the, you know, Varsho being capable of playing center field, Springer was there last year, uh, Merrifield could probably play there still. So I think they have the, you know, roster flexibility to, plug into center field when Kiermaier is not, not in the lineup. And, um, you know, if he's not performing versus lefties, then they have the various options that could play the position, you know, and, and send it back to the bench. So, but um, yeah, solid value draft champions uh, round 37 ADP of 554. Um, you know, if you, you do get 400 plate appearances, um, you know, that late in a DC, I think that's, that's pretty solid value. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I see where's he going in the 
570 right now, 570 range, five, uh, 545 in the last 15 drafts. Um, yeah, I got him coming out with, uh, let's see, for an aggregated projection of 414 plate appearances, he comes out about player 480. So that's a little bit of a value um, mm -hmm. in the outfield. Um, but yeah, he, I felt like he was this way last year too at the end of a, a draft and hold. It was, you know, I think I had some similar targets all the time to try to get some pop and a little power and speed. And if I didn't get him, was getting like Michael Taylor. Just feel like they were so like so similar to yeah. try to get some, you know, power speed that way. I mean, but, and if he doesn't platoon and he and they do like, you know, start him every day in center, I mean, it could be a nice value. Um, you know, and he was a he was a double digit homer guy from you know when he started his career through 2019 i think he just hasn't been able to stay healthy to, to to prove he can reach that mark again so could be double digit homer steel guy that late in drafts i mean it, i don't think you can ask for better and just it's not going to come with a high average right and i also think he he's the kind of guy too that i know he you know got raised like a lot of the rays got raided, but I feel like if he was healthy during that time, all the time, he would have gotten less platooned, you know, because his overall career platoon splits aren't aren't bad, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I would still expect a lot of time missing. Um, at least he's going to play on a similar turf, so he knows that it. He's experienced with turf, not like he's going from grass to turf. So, right, that should be at least. Um, but that should have been something he thought about for his career and for his life in general. For sure. Get out of, get out of turf. <laughs> right. right. Um, but let's highlight DH real quick. Um, I saw it last year. I think I was a little shocked about their overall DH um, like last year. I didn't realize how much Vlad got in as a DH, DH 32 games, um, Springer 40, Kirk 49. Even Teoscar got 10 games over there as well. Um, again, interesting to see only three games there for Jansen. So obviously my, my whole, um, approach is definitely not what they think, but, right. um, they got Brandon belt now to back up a little bit of Guerrero, put some left-handed punch into the lineup. Um, so what do you think of the overall split they get? And, and what do you think about Brandon belt? Yeah, very similar to Kiermaier in that he's a, he's a platoon injury risk. I think. I think what concerns me the most about belt is um, just the persistent knee injuries uh, mm. three of the last five seasons. He's, he's, you know, the knees really bothered him. He did have surgery last September. So hopefully, um, you know, that helped, helped him out. But uh, yeah, I think it was a solid uh, left-handed addition to the lineup. Um, I think when Kirk's behind the plate, you know, belts de-aging if it's against writers or right, excuse me, right-handed pitchers. Um, and I think it's a pretty solid value where he's, he's going to drafts. I mean, we talk about, I think the, the common theme and a lot of podcasts thus far, this off season has been just, just drafting power and addressing power. And, you know, he's got a, a ADP over the last month near 500, uh, with a min pick of 386, um, that, that min picks around round 25. So if you're getting him past round 30, um, you know, it's 20 homer upside potentially, uh, which is nice. So, um, 
if you look at his career splits, um, career 70, 748 OPS against lefties, 840 against righties. Uh, it's, it's obviously, um, you know, that platoon risk there, but he's been much worse against lefties in recent seasons, been a hundred points lower than his career average, uh, since 2020. So, um, definitely don't think he'll see much time against lefties at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it was a solid signing and, um, if he can pull off 400 plate appearances, which is about what he's projected for, uh, bad X has him for 420 plate appearances, 19 homers, 55 RBIs. So I think that's a solid, solid get where he's going. I can't do it. I can't, I can't get with it. Um, I've been, I've been a belt fan too in the past. Um, I think for when I look at uh, the bad system by Ron Chandler, he was always a good comp to, you know, early round power hitters. So it was always a ideal target late for someone who had his tools like he did. Um, but I just think that the injuries are taking a toll on his overall performance. Um, and I just think that he won't be able, I mean, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, you know, um, yeah. just, I know he played 51 games out of the 60 in the strike shortened year, but last really full season was 2019 where he played 156 games. Um, but 78 last year, 97, the year before, and that, you know, that year too, obviously in those 381 at bats, he hit 29 homers, uh, but the home run per fly ball was 27% that year. His career average is 12 and a half. Um, it just, that's not happening again, you know? Um, yeah, his OPS dropped almost 300 points uh, from 2021 to, to 2022. Um, so very clearly, <laughs> uh, knee was probably affecting him. Um, and it's, I think, I think, having surgery to address the knee issues um, may be a positive sign, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. What uh, that yeah. Yeah. Definitely not for the risk. Uh, <laughs> versus, uh, <laughs> drafters for sure. Yep. Um, and his, his, and his pull fly ball percentage last year was one of the lowest of his careers. Um. And even is so his pole home run to fly ball rate was thirty three percent, which isn't so bad because the league average last year was thirty seven percent. But his exit velocity and launch angle on those um, pulled home runs have dropped dramatically. So I'm just you know again I'll just go back to the injury thing and your body being able to torque and do the way that you know just do things the way you want to do. And I just I can't really see him being effective enough to um I, I it's it's just too much for me i'll i'll look for some power at the corner elsewhere i think i wonder if he plays because it was an interesting that you brought up uh, vlad dh so many games last year i guess i guess if you look at vlad's career it's been pretty he's got about 20 some starts at dh throughout his career so i guess that's it's pretty in line, but do you think Belt plays first when when Vlad's DHing, or do you think? They... I mean, I think that's what the Blue Jays hope happens. Um, yeah. You know, I guess you still got Bijou around for that. That's the thing that be you know, like Bijou won't give you anything with the bat, but he can fill everywhere. So yeah. 
he is the emergency, um, you know, first baseman in case Belt you know, starts off with an injury, you know, or is just hurt sooner than later. So, um, yeah. But overall, right, so yeah, I, I overall Rob's too, not drafting Belt. <laughs> yeah, I'm not drafting Belt. I just I'm done. I'm done with it, and I just don't. I don't like the profile. I don't like the, 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 like what he needs to do to be effective. He's can't do it. You know, constant knee injuries takes such a toll on again, like your body, your planting, your torquing. Um, yeah, no, no, good. Let's go to the fifth starting pitcher candidate for them. Um, one through four, a lock, Scoutsman, Manoa, Berrios, Bassett. Oh, Bassett, I'm going to miss you. Still don't mm-hmm. understand why the Mets gave up Bassett to get Senga. Uh, yeah. Like we know what Chris Bassett, I'm going to probably say this on every podcast, but the more I've been thinking about it, like I don't really try to get too reactionary to what the Mets do. Um, I, you know, because I just don't need that up and down in my life. Like I have enough stuff to worry about, but um. That one's really pissing me off. Like, I couldn't care. Well, you know, Carlos Correa, fine. Like, I'm really not upset about that. Escobar had a pretty similar year at the bat, and they have Beatty as well. I'm not really, you know, sour over that. But right. losing Bassett, oh, man. Anyway, um, who do you who do you like here? Are you going to give Yusei Kukuche another stop? Let's, let's start with him. He's the first guy listed here. Any more, uh, any more opportunity for this guy? Or what? I mean, I'm probably not. I mean, mm. I think it depends. Like the if all the fifth op, the fifth starter options right now are are so bad. Like if you look at the 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 big league guys, at least. Yeah. I mean, I saw Nick Pollock yesterday, um, who uh, was recently on your podcast. A uh, great podcast. I highly recommend you listen to that one. Um. He tweeted yesterday about Ricky Tiedemann, their their um, top prospect, uh, potentially starting the year in the majors, and uh, it might be their best option. I mean, because if you look at the the other options being Kikuchi, um, Mitch White, who was awful last year, Nate Pearson looked healthy in Dominican Winter League, but is he more so a reliever? Are they going to build him up as a starter? Hasn't been able to stay healthy. I mean, I would love for Pearson to be able to emerge as that fifth starter, but, you know, I don't know if that's in the plans for him this year. So he's young. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Young, 20, mid 20s right now. Um, yeah. Got Drew Hutchison as the non roster invitee. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it also hinges on, on, on what Nate Pearson can be. Um, also, uh, Hinjin Ryu, you know. July probably earliest return date from Tommy John. We don't really know for sure, but maybe the plan is to just make it until he gets back, you know, so patch it up with some Kikuchi and Drew Hutchison. Um, Because I do envision them trying to use Pearson as some sort of, but it's not like they have, I thought like, I was thinking in my head, they'll probably use him as this ultimate weapon in the pen, you know? Yeah. Maybe get some, three out saved if needed, but they kind of have that in Trevor Richards already. He can be that kind of guy. Right. You know, and, and maybe they just have bullpen days. They have, they have such a good bullpen as is. Right. Um, And the starters don't really need help. Like the first four guys, at least don't need help. 
getting, you know, they don't need a three inning guy in the third or fourth inning, you know? Um, and I've also like really been list, like hear a lot of the, um, a lot of scouts, a lot of um, analysts talk about like not wasting bullets as a pitcher. Like you don't want to waste good arms on like unnecessary things, you know, like or throwing in the minors, like just bring them up, you know, and Pearson, I mean, he just seems like such a threat that they would want him to, um, you know, throw some meaningful. Yeah. So I think, I think honestly, he's going to be the biggest competition. I think um, for, for that, I think they're going to try to ramp him up and they'll try to get him some spot starts. And if he can't make it, if it, you know, I'll just try to give him some short spurts. But Kikuchi, I mean, Kikuchi was interesting last year because when he went to the pen, um, he completely just ramped up the slider usage and stopped throwing his shitty fastball. Yeah. And he was lights out. Um, I think you wrote in the notes of the reliever, 33 to 9 K came on his walk. Um, and I don't know, it it it's <laughs> you know, it's not as easy as oh, just do what you were doing in the pen, you know. Um, but I mean, it's there, at, like the evidence yeah. is there. Like he, he he went from throwing his fastball his four seam over 60% of the time, 50-ish, and then he didn't he didn't have a game in the pen over 45% usage. Uh, actually, he had one um, when he first started out. But then it was hard slider and uh, um, change up. It's, what's interesting, it's, it's so funny. Like, StatCast has change up and so does Pitcher List. And then Vangraft has split finger. So I guess there's an, I guess there's a, a split finger change. Split finger change. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, interesting. Joe, if you look at stuff. if you look yeah. at the projections, um, so projections have Kikuchi for for eighteen games started, thirty nine appearances overall. So kind of a hybrid uh, role. They have Pearson for five games uh, started for his projection, uh, Mitch White for eight, Ryu for three. So um, and actually, they just acquired Zach Thompson from the Pirates. Um, he was designated for assignment last week. Yep. Um, so he could he could have a chance for that that fifth starter role at least to break camp and until potentially reuse ready or but yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they address uh, the fifth starter because you know the one through four is stacked obviously but you know they have a, a lot of these like two three inning guys that could just piggyback up each other. Um, I would love for Pearson to to be that guy, but as much as I want that to happen and as much upside as he has, I, I, I being realistic, you know, you can't really peg him for too many wins, you know, as a, as a starter. Um, Cause even if he starts, it could be like two, three innings and then, you know, Mitch White comes in or Zach Thompson or Thomas Hatch or one of these other guys. So uh you mentioned Richards, uh, Trent Thornton's another guy. So, yeah, this is. I think it's it's hard to project who's going to be that fifth starter. But uh, I think out of the options, I like most. I think it's it's Pearson. Um, maybe if he's not the starter, but just for other reasons, you know, just had such a strong Dominican Winter League showing that uh, was throwing a hundred and. 
just a lot to like there. Yeah, the just the rolling graph for Kikuchi is so so interesting. You know, when you 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 just throw in the slider usage and you see how how it went up. It was as low as nineteen percent rolling percentage on a slider usage at August fifteenth, and then it just shot up to the end of the season fifty three percent, and everything got better. Um, you know, the O swing, the swinging strike. He's just he's just I guess he's just um. Just a little, he still still grabs my attention for some yeah. strange reason. And I guess because it, it pops in. I mean, Steamer still has him right now for a 3.85 ERA. And we're not going to follow ERA. We're not mentioning ERA, right? We're not going to mention ERA. Right. But, you know, the XFIP is at 3.7. Uh, the K percentage is still hanging in 24.5%. Um, and he did show at the end of the season, he was putting it in the zone a little more, which I think would. Help him with his walks for for sure, but um, I I think I think right now though in in at pick five fifty, yeah, I think it's worth a shot. I think if you just want like a if you need another possible arm like an upside arm, can't yeah, go him, wrong here. Him, him and Kikuchi are like right right next to each other in ADP. Yep, the, you know so. Yes, yeah. sir. I think those are the most appealing options. And, and you know, maybe he can, you know, if he can ramp up that slider, you should, as a starter, you know, that could be really interesting for Kikuchi. Huge. Big. Yeah. All right. You anyway. ready for another round of uh, fantasy baseball spelling bee? Let's go. Let, let's, let's boom. Let's end this. Okay. Cronenworth. Cronenworth? Yes. C-R-O-N-E-N-W-O-R-T-H. You got it. Cronenworth. Good. Next one. Seiya. As in Seiya Suzuki. Oh, now you're going first names? Yeah, first name. S-E-I-Y-A. You got it. Two for two. All right. Next one. This is your boy, so you should get this. Horner. H-O-E-R-N-E-R. You are three for three. Next, Darno. D-A-R-N-A-U-D. Darno. All right, I'll give you credit, even though you missed the apostrophe. Apostrophe, whatever. That doesn't count. No one does apostrophe in Bellum Bees. Come on. Okay, four for four. Next one. All right, I gotta find a hard one. Hold on a second. All right, Lemayhew. Oh, Lemayhew. L E M A H I E A U. Oh no! You put oh. an extra A in there. You were so close. You were so close. Oh, I said. It's just I E U. I E U. Yep. Yep. I said I E A U. You were so close to going five for five. You yeah. would have been the spelling bee champion. I would have sent you a little trophy and everything. You just fucked smarten up, dude. Come on. All right, Ryan. Um, that was a good wrap up of the Toronto Blue Jays 
And I think um, next team, the the Rage will be pretty interesting. Um, they definitely have a lot of stuff to go through for sure. Um, all these team breakdowns, I feel like, um, are great. Great to do. You, you should be doing it on your own too if you're drafting and if you're just getting to prep right now. It's definitely something to – it's helping me. And, um, I mean, I think we're I think we're uncovering some good stuff as we go through it. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a good opportunity to dive a little bit deeper, and um, I, I, I really appreciate it, man. This was, a, this was a good conversation, so appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Ryan, tell everyone where they can find you and what kind of work you're doing and what you're working on now. Uh, at Roto, uh, excuse me, uh, at Ryan Roof on Twitter, R-U-F-E. Um, and my work's at RotoWired. I'm up, updating the closer grid. Pretty much daily, uh, a lot of a lot of movement there. Um, you know, a lot of teams um, making trades, and you know, on the lesser scale, uh, we see some movement within the the you know relief market. So, kind of keeping up with all those, updating the the um, team blurbs um, and the closer and rate in waiting rankings. So. Uh, yeah, just keeping up with that, and uh, I'll be doing some some articles here soon too. So, love the closer, yeah, the the closers in waiting right now. Um, your list is really, 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 uh, really on point. I think there's some, I think you've made some good movement in there of some guys that could be huge to your team this year. Um, yep. But yeah, definitely everyone should check out RotoWire for sure. For Ryan's work, got good prospect work by James Anderson. Great great player box outlooks for the players just a whole bunch of team 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 import capabilities um and a whole lot more and you get all the other sports too if you play basketball and football and all that fun stuff you know yeah um, we got some recent articles from todd zola we got um jason collette just put out a recent uh, uh article looking at um, value in the scrap heap for 2023 and um, Jeff Erickson's uh, getting back into baseball with his football responsibilities mm-hmm. coming to a close. I'm excited to see uh, Jeff tweeting again about baseball and he's uh, sharing some of his thoughts uh, in his rounding third article. Um, he's trying to do that on a daily basis. So a lot more content, um, you know, coming out with baseball and uh, it's just an exciting time, man. I just, I just love it. Jeez. Did you, I just, I just went to the, another great, you just mentioned all the great analysts that you guys have there. And then I just went, I was just skimming through the player news just to check it out. And um, Frankie Montas is battling shoulder inflammation and will be out until at least May. Damn. How you doing? Um, Damn. Oh boy. Gotta Clark ch- Schmidt, baby. That's what, yeah, because that's the first thing I saw on the player news that said Clark Schmidt might get some saves early in the season. I'm like, what? Why? Why would he be getting that? Um, oh god, I gotta check my my shares. Um, your Montas shares? Uh oh. Uh, none in DCs, which I knew that. Um, oh, one one gladiator almost got. Almost, almost came away clean, man. Ah, one gladiator. Oh, good Montas thing I had, for me. So good thing I have Cole Woodruff, Darvish in that league. Oh, that's it, huh? Uh, I got one more. 
tomorrow night, Ryan, last last gladiator tomorrow night that's um signed up for the hundredth one, you know, the last one. So oh, yeah. And you know, it's kind of auto just thinking in my head, you know, so many teams <laughs> already starting behind the, the eight ball. You know, I know again, I know my team can get just as injured uh as theirs, yep. but they're walking in with no stories and no Liam Hendricks and if they no keep Montas. this and no Montas, no Montas. Um, so that's huge. Yeah. But all right. Good luck in that draft, man. Thanks, man. I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to set the world on fire. Um, no, but I honestly, I think I'm just going like, honestly, I think I'm just going to try to just vault. Like I've been taking shots in every draft, but then I'm just going to try to volume everything just to be that one team that might stay healthy. You know, yeah. not that we can assume health, but you know, really taking, I'm saying an extra, extra level of precaution, like of caution into stable guys, healthy guys, and good profiles. No, like nothing. Marcus too... Simeon, round one. Oh, yeah. Anthony mm-hmm. Swanson, round two. Yes. All that stuff. They're winning. They're winning overall. I'm just going to go through the paid appearance leaders and just take them one, two. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to draft nine straight pitchers to start off, and then I'm going to filter out the plate appearances of the rest of the draft and then just go just go down from there and, there and it fill is. it out. There it is. Yeah. See, All right, buddy. You know thanks you. for joining me once again. And, yep. um, yeah, it's, it's always fun getting on the mic with you, brother. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. All righty, folks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Poor Hitter Podcast. Let's go, baby. This is... We're getting hot right now. We're getting hot. Going right into the season. We're going to dominate league this year. That's that's the goal, right? You know, start doing it. Start pouring in the work. Do it now. March comes around. That's it. You know, you don't want to get caught with something bad. You know, you don't want to get caught feeling overwhelmed when, when there's not too much time left to do draft prep. So, Start listening to podcasts, start reading articles, start digging into the process, the baseball forecaster, the FTN draft guide, whatever you need. Just do it. Do it. Get it done. Smarten up. Smarten up. Don't be a bag of shit. Peace.